Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For you. Welcome aboard. I'm fired up. After um, a Monday through Friday in Las Vegas, which I will share with you a, a scouting report if you are thinking about traveling this summer. But I'm looking at my rundown to start the show today. and Let me go through it here. Um, okay, well, we don't need to talk about the Mets bullpen. There's no reason to be discussing Tom Thibodeau or how to pronounce his name. Yeah, none of that. We uh, don't need to obsess on uh, pitching changes and that, that you know, how the, uh, the, the uh, first inning struggles of the Yankees. So if you were worried about that being uh, what we're going to talk about today, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio, I promise you, you don't. This, is a, this will be a Mets bullpen free zone. And as you well know, why do we not talk about the Knicks on this network? At least during my show. Because nobody freaking cares about the Knicks. Nobody cares nationally. Nobody cares. More importantly, nobody cares about the pronunciation of the coach's name. Uh, Is it Tom Thibodeau or is it Thibodeau? Uh, Which is it? Oh, my gosh. For gosh sakes, we have sports back. We've got sports back. We've got it back. And that means this show can be a Knicks-free zone. We don't have to talk about the Knicks and dumpster fires. We don't have to talk about just the, you, know, you don't have to talk about the, 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 the drunks laying in the street there in the alley. You don't have to talk about that because we've got good stuff to talk about. We have real sports, which is so awesome. I'm so happy for it. So happy for it. And I know you are too. And I know you are too. And I know the people who listen to this show, the can people, which by the way, the last few weeks, the can people have had some fun with it on social media. The can people, you know, the can people, Buster only my buddy Buster, who I really do enjoy. And I like Buster very much. And then there's Keith Olbermann, who honestly, I think it, uh, you, you know, my feelings. Uh, and then all the can't, you know, all the can't people. Oh, Buster, uh, you're one of baseball's big analysts. What do you think? Well, 5% chance that they could ever get a season started. I don't see how any of this could ever happen. And Keith Olbermann, well, it'd be fun to talk about, but they'll never be able to have a season. Can't even start a season. I mean, I don't even know how it could be done. You got all these can't people. And you know, I, I swear to you, 
The media needs an enema. It's so awesome to have sports back. Is it not? Is it not? Are you feeling it? After months of hearing the okay gloomer, which should be the new social media thing, okay gloomer, okay doomer, the doom and gloom crap, which we've dealt with for months. We've got baseball back. And I'll tell you this. I don't care if there's cardboard cutouts in the stands. I don't care. I don't care if Fox puts virtual fans in the stands. I don't care. I'm seeing baseball, and I'm seeing entertaining baseball. And I've got to tell you this. I'm absolutely shocked. I'm going I'm to raise my hand. I'm absolutely shocked that the quality of play has been as strong as it has been out of the box. Because this is not easy. Uh, it's not easy for whatever reason. Baseball players extremely ritualistic and going to a baseball spring training, which I get to do every year. And I go for a week down to brave spring training in, which is now in Northport, Florida. Uh, I was down there this February before the pandemic, you know, went on fire. And so every year, Spending a week at free at, down at spring training is one of my favorite activities because I work on the home of the Braves, 680 The Fan, proud home of the John Kincaid Show here on CBS Sports Radio, the flagship station for the Braves. And I love it because it's like the exodus from the winter. It's getting out of the winter. And these guys start slowly in spring training. We always go the first full week the players are there. So we're there in the very beginning, and usually at the end of the week where, when we're getting ready to leave after a week of broadcasts, the games are getting ready to start. So it is a, you watch these guys get ready for the season, and they start slow. NFL training camps are like, it's, it's like the Green Mile. I mean, you are being, you're, you're just being led to the slaughter. It's terrible. NFL training camps, like 95, 100 degrees, players practicing, and even though it's gotten to be a lot less than it used to be, it is a grind. Major League Baseball spring training is a country club. But these guys get around six weeks to get rolling, six and a half weeks to get rolling, to get ready for the season. To be able to start up again after all this time off and to play at this level is impressive. To me, really, really impressive. And to the Major League Baseball broadcasters, I give you, and to the people who are on the production teams, I can't tell you how awesome you all are. I I mean, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. Because my biggest concern is it was going to sound like garbage. It was going to feel like garbage. Watching it on TV wasn't, for some reason I was thinking, man, fans not in the stands it's going to feel like garbage watching a game. I haven't missed it at all. On the flight home from Vegas the other day, I watched the absolutely always easy listen, fun, real good dude, Boog Shambi doing a game with Rick Sutcliffe, who is always a fun guy, and Chipper Jones. And unless they kept reminding me that they weren't together, I would never have known it. When I was just listening and watching, watching the play, and they weren't showing me the broadcasters being in three separate places, which, by the way, I don't care about, it was awesome. 
I listened to some radio broadcasts through the Major League uh, at Bat App. It sounded fantastic. I listened to Braves baseball yesterday on their flagship here in Atlanta, 6A The Fan. Excellent. So to all the people who bring you, we've been dying for baseball. For all of you TV executives, for all of you broadcasters who put in the time, bravo, man. I'll I'll let other people complain about it. I'm not really, the cardboard cutout thing is really creepy. It really bothers me. I, I, it bothers me seeing cardboard cutouts in the stands. Like, why are they doing that? And why is Fox putting virtual fans in the stands? Who cares about that? Why are they watching? Oh, God, just shut up. Shut up. We got baseball back. And the, and the games are pretty good. And it's fun. And I've got to tell you, I hated the idea. Hated the idea of putting a runner on second base in the 10th inning of games. Hated it. Absolutely against it. And I still am. And I hope that this is just a one-year thing. I hope that this is not baseball moving forward. But it's pretty awesome. And I love the three-batter minimum. Love it. Capital L. Love it. Want to give it an open-mouth kiss. I love it. I love the fact that we don't have to watch Gabe Kapler, which, by the way, I did watch a game with Gabe Kapler the other night. I'm in a sports book, and I thought it was like God's little joke on me. So I'm in the Bellagio sports book. It's opening night. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, God put me in the Bellagio on opening night of baseball season. It was like, thank you. Thank you. And then I had to watch Gabe Kapler manage a game, which is like watching the Keystone Cops. His teams run the bases. His teams are the worst fundamental teams ever. And I'm watching that game. And just it was I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's awesome to be able to see it again. And the, and the broadcasts have been incredible. The radio broadcasters, you guys are doing a great job. It's absolutely seamless to me. It's seamless. And to be able to pull that off, so much of sports talk radio criticizes the guys who broadcast, criticizes the guys who do network radio shows, criticizes the guys who do the, the studio shows and everything like that. It, it's, it's a sport. It's a sport. You've got guys in local markets, and I'm one of them, that, uh, you know, and then it's like, a, boy, that, uh, that boy, he's terrible. Can't stand him. He's terrible. He does an awful job. Boy, you guys have done a great job. Congratulations, and I'm so glad to have it back. I am so glad to have it back. But these Major League Baseball broadcasts have taught me something. Like the other day, for instance, watching a Braves-Mets game pretty much in its entirety on a cross-country flight, the... Unless Boog Shambi and Rick Sutcliffe and Chipper Jones, unless I was not constantly told that they were not together at the game, I wouldn't have known it. It was masterful. And I'm wondering if this is the way broadcasts are going to go forever. Because I, I, I honestly, it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game at all. It's been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So to everyone involved, to everybody in Major League Baseball who's pulled this off, I thought it was going to have a lot of bumps in the road, and I thought it was going to feel awkward. It has been tremendous. You people rock. Absolutely rock. We have NFL football, training camps. Everybody will be back in camp on Tuesday. So much as I told you last week, the posturing, the positioning by the NFLPA, it's all about money, and it was all about, we, we said it last Sunday on this show, 
It's all about not wanting to play preseason games. Players don't want to play in those games. I think it's going to affect teams, and I think it's going to affect teams with new coaches and new coaching staffs. Not being able to play a preseason game, to me, has to have some sort of effect. But I'm not sure no preseason games might just become the norm. Or maybe two preseason games becomes the norm. And is anybody mourning it this week? Is anybody upset that we're not going to have NFL preseason games? For me, and I've kept this position forever, and I will continue to have this position. I don't like them. I watch them very anxiously. I'm always afraid. Okay, you got the starters in. When, I have, when I'm watching my favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and I will tune in to watch the starters play for the most part in a preseason game, I am holding my breath every snap. Every time someone lays down on the field after a play, I'm going, oh my gosh, get up, get up, get up, get up. I don't like preseason NFL football. I think it stinks. I don't like watching games where coaches collaborate against each other, uh, collaborate with each other, I should say, excuse me, where coaches talk. And a lot of people don't know this. Tony Dungy shared me with years ago about this. Coach Gruden, back in my days at ESPN Radio, shared it with me. That many, many times, especially when teams have long-standing relationships of preseason matchups, like I know the Eagles, they have long-standing. Okay, we're going to play the Ravens, we're going to play the Jets, we're going to because it's less travel, it's going to be easy. We're going to play them every single year. That these coaches many times collaborate on. Okay, here's what I'm working on. What are you working on? Okay, we're not going to go after your quarterback. We're not going to be looking to sack your when your starters, and we're not going to be looking to sack them. We're going to. They. They literally collaborate. The, the games suck. It's not worth watching. Now, if you're interested in watching who makes out the back end of your roster, I guess you are a more of an NFL zealot even than I am. And I consider myself a zealot, and I hate NFL preseason football. But it was all about the money, and it was all about the concessions. And guess what? The players have every right to negotiate the terms. But as I said to you last Sunday, they weren't worried about coronavirus tearing them apart. They weren't worrying about, oh my gosh, is this the the most unsafe environment we could be in? It was about getting rid of the preseason games. Didn't want to play any preseason games. Owners wanted them to play. They wanted to play. It's give and take, and and it goes on from there. It seems like a good plan. And honestly, if baseball works, football should work. Even though there is a lot more contact, If baseball works, football should work. And right now, for the most part, baseball having success. And remember, they are not in a bubble. Major League Baseball players, in fact, they could be on on Tinder. They can be on Bumble. They can do whatever they want to do. They're asking young men to be adults. These are the first road trips for 15 franchises. These are the first road trips of the year. You're asking grown men who are used to different activities to not partake in said activities. You think that's going to work? We're going to have positive tests from here and there, and we've got some. We've had some positive tests, and you know what? We've gone on like every other business in the country. I keep Because I've heard this one. Well, what do you do when a player has a positive test? How's it going to work? 
I work with people who have had positive tests. And they've been out of the office and they've stayed home and then they get two negative tests. They come back to work. So that's how it works. By the way, the country's been working under these same circumstances. That's how your local supermarket's been doing it. That's how restaurants have been doing it. That's how every other business has been doing it. Baseball should more than able be able to do the same. It's been awesome. It's been awesome to have sports back. And for the can people, the people who have thought all along, yes, we're not going to listen to the doomers. We're not going to listen to the gloom and doom people trying to spin something and make you scared and, and getting, oh, it's never going to happen again. We're never going to have sports. Oh, my gosh, it's never going to happen. I love it. They've been like mice this week, but they're waiting and they're still rooting and they're still rooting for it. They're rooting to be right. Because I hear people going, they're not rooting for the virus, but they're rooting to be right. They wish they were right. Well, you know what? They're looking pretty stupid now. I want you to join me on the phones anytime you wish today at 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Our toll-free line's brought to you by GEICO. A quick way you can save money, make the switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. And I promise you, no long breakdowns on the Mets bullpen. We're not going to be discussing the Knicks. Really not going to be part of, not going to be a big part of the show. Worrying about what the Knicks are doing. I promise you that. We're going to talk about the sports that you guys in all the 50 states around the country. And even though we got friends in Canada, we have people in Mexico. I know my relatives in Jamaica listen on Sirius XM 206. We're going to be talking about those teams, which is good for you. Now, coming up. More gloom and doom being sold. They've got one last thing they're trying to sell you. We can reject it. The John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. Yeah, Kevin Wall is uh, producing the show this morning, and he snickers at that rejoin. You think Jim Rome is letting that air on his show? You think Tiki and Tierney aren't going into the offices if something like that ran on their show? Mocking them openly at the beginning? John Kincaid show here on CBS Sports Radio. Hopefully all the can people are awake this morning. And all the gloom and doomers, they're having meetings. They're having secret meetings behind the scenes. I'm wondering where they meet. Where do all the negative people meet? Oh my gosh, did you see this week? It was terrible. I know, Myron, it was terrible, wasn't it? Baseball came back and there are real games and people are enjoying themselves and sports has come back and we told them for months that sports could never come back and that they had to hide in their basements and they had to look out the window with one eye open and just see if it was safe to even go and get mail out of the mailbox. Okay, well, what are we going to do now? The NBA has started up again. What are we going to do? What are we going to Wait a minute. And the hockey player, they're even bringing hockey back in August. What are we going to do? I'm bringing this meeting to order. The meeting of the gloom and doomers. We, we're in order here. We have to come up with some new talking points. How do we get everybody to just think that sports sucks and it's never coming back? Gosh, I just love it. I love watching them just twist themselves into, into, into knots now. 
Well, baseball began, but now I don't know how it could possibly succeed. Oh, my gosh. Who are these people? Who are these people? They've got a little time. They've got a little time because now they're back. Now the next thing is they're going, wait a minute. What could we do? NFL starting training camps. Well, we can continue to tell them that the NFL can't work. Uh, we can warn them that baseball might just fall apart at any moment. Uh, we can tell them that the NBA and the NHL are in bubbles and so that's banned, bound not to work. Oh, no. Well, well, you know what we can do? We can tell them that college football is in real danger here. And for once, I think they could be on to something. And you know I'm a can person. But it could be they could be on to something with college football. College football is the one where human nature doesn't take over. You see, because in pro sports, like I told you last Sunday, remember last Sunday when we did the show and we talked about it and the NFLPA was making noise that uh, there are not enough protocols in place for safety. And we don't think we're going to, I don't think training camps are going to open. We're going to have every player in the NFL send out a tweet at the exact same time to make a statement about we need, we want to play. The, the hashtag should have been, we want the pay. That's what you want. That's what it was all about. It was all about money. It was all about getting rid of the preseason games. You knew it. I knew it because we were smarter to, to understand what the whole game plan was. For Major League Baseball, we kept talking about it. Well, everybody, we even had guests come on this show saying, I don't think there's going to be a baseball season. And what did we talk about week after week on this show? Of course there is. Of course there will be. If the owners don't force it, the players will be there and the players will want to make some money and sanity will rule the day. College football is different. Because even though it is a big money enterprise, it is amateur athletics. And here's what I say to all of you, especially to the gloomers. And now we've got Brett McMurphy doing it. Brett McMurphy, I'm not optimistic a college football season's coming. 75% chance we will not play college football. Because the individuals are made by university presidents and these people are not usually risk takers. He told the Paul Feinbaum show earlier this week. A uh, lot of respect for Brett McMurphy. A lot of respect for his, that he comes with informed opinions. So a guy like McMurphy, okay, I got you. I got you. I'm buying it. He says it, I'm buying it. That there is a danger. I think his rationale is smart. Because college, the college presidents tend to be bureaucrats tend to be administrators, tend to be educators. Those who can, can, you know, the whole thing. They don't, they tend to be risk adverse. The only thing that I think the gloom and doom campaign has to hang their hat on is there's danger for college football. And I don't believe it is uh, imminent. But I do believe when you're talking about an amateur athletic event, it's completely different because you know what? All of those players on the field in baseball, all those players in the NFL, they want to get paid. In the NBA, they want to get paid. In the NHL, they want to get paid. College players, 
It's out of their hands. University presidents will decide it. Guys who were most likely on the chess team. More likely than they were on the football team. Gary from Tennessee joins us on the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. Good morning, Gary. Hey, good morning, John. Hey, first of all, I appreciate the heck out of you being positive on there. That's what draws me to your show, by golly. I wouldn't get up this early for some negative belly. <laughs> and, and, and these negative people, they seem to spend all their time tearing sports down and trying to minimize and criticize as opposed to building it up and you think you know it, why? which is what you do. Gary, what do you think could be their agenda? Uh, I don't, gonna, I don't I'm, know. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, Go and I'm going to give you the clue. First of all, blow the can you blow the horn for me? Are you driving or not? There we go. Good job, Gary. Appreciate it, man. Okay, here, here's the clue. Every, and I appreciate your call. Every gloom and doomer that's in the sports media, okay? The guys who tell you that sports wasn't coming back. And I'll call Buster only on it right here. 5% chance that baseball's coming back. We were all excited when they announced baseball's come back. Buster, 5% chance. Keith Olbermann. Uh, you can talk about baseball coming back, but it's a pipe dream that they could ever pull something like this off. Pompous son of a... Uh, here's what I'd suggest. For every one of the gloom and doomers, Dan Walken from USA Today, who honestly... He's like the, 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 the dark prince of the church of the negative Nellies. All you have to do for any of these people is look at their Twitter feeds. I want you to go to their Twitter feeds. And I want to see how far you can scroll down before they are tweeting about politics. And then I want you to go to their Twitter feeds and I want you to see who they follow on Twitter. And do you see far right news media? Do you see far left news media? And by the way, this can go for either party, people who are party zealots. Go to their Twitter feeds. See who they follow. See how long you can do a word search for, uh, for these same people on anything about the election on their own Twitter feeds. And if you can go two days without seeing a retweet or a comment on something political, I'll send you a dollar. Because you can't. Because that's what they're all about. They wake up every day consumed with whatever their politics is. And by the way, you can be a I'll, I'll see people like this. You can be a far left zealot and you can be a far right zealot. But you know what? This radio show ain't for you. It's for the 75% of us that don't live in that world. I think 80%. I've told you before, less than 11, less than 11 out of every 100 people in the United States have Twitter. So 11% of the population, less than 11, has Twitter. So that means when you're seeing a bold opinion and you're seeing these all these politics opinions, remember, 89% of the electorate isn't on Twitter. They don't give a damn about it. And these negative people on sports who work in my industry go to their Twitter feeds. 
you will know you will if they're negative on sports and negative on the return, and that's the drum they continue to beat. Check their Twitter feed and see how many references you can find in just like the first their last twenty five tweets to the election, and then check who they follow on on Twitter, and then they will be exposed for exactly what their agenda is. And before you think it, there are zealots on both sides. Remember that. The media is full of it. It's a cesspool. This is the John Kincaid Show. And after a week off the radio, because last Sunday was the last day I worked, it is uh, when you when you it's like a letting a bull out of a what do, what do bulls come out of? Kevin, what does a bull come out of? A stall? I guess they come out of a stall, right? I guess I would assume so. A stall, whatever. Kevin was telling me during the break that uh, Kevin's in for uh, Tony Pierno this week. Uh and he was telling me that he was down in Atlantic City for his lady's birthday a few weeks ago. So there was uh, we, we were commiserating on gambling and strategies and things like that. And those of you who know me, I'm incredibly ritualistic. My wife and daughter call me Sheldon. Uh, and they do it with all the love in the world, of course. Uh, so they call me Sheldon. So I tend to be very ritualistic. I have the exact amount of money each day in an envelope to gamble with. I open up that envelope. So Monday when we arrive in Vegas, I've got a Monday envelope that I open up. That money is in play that day to gamble with. If I was to lose all my money that day, the envelope goes back into the safe empty. If I have $50 left of that money at the end of the day, that 50 gets back in the Monday envelope, gets thrown into the safe. And then Tuesday, we start anew with another envelope with the same exact amount of money in it. And we start out and we start fresh. So that way, if you're up a certain amount of days and you're down another, you're going to go home with money. Well, uh, I'm pretty happy because last year was my worst summer trip ever. And I can't get down around 150 bucks. And as I say to people all the time, when you do the envelope method, you don't tend to ever hit it big, but you don't tend to ever crash big. Because if you're going to be there, we were there four days, so, you know, for four nights. So you tend to have an up day and you have a down day. And then you might have two up days. This week, I had three up days and one down day. And I came home with 250 extra dollars than I went with. And my wife, unfortunately, came home with 270 less than she came with using my same method. But she plays slot machines, which, Kevin, you're, does your lady play slot machines? I, or I won't she let playing? her play slots. I don't play slots. I learned my lesson a couple of years ago down in AC. It's just with slots. What do you mean? With slots. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, it's I a mean, scam. I, never. Never, never, never. I, I don't even believe the stories that people say that, oh, you just got to keep on. I, I don't trust it. Never. Had no, I don't trust it either. I don't trust either. There was something really, really cool. Now, you're a blackjack player. Blackjack like me. You like blackjack. Yeah. yeah. I, I put out a picture on my social media this week at John Kincaid. You can go see it if you uh, hadn't seen it during the week. And if you're not following me on Twitter, look, you just don't love me as much as I love you. But uh, I, they, they had stadium blackjack. Now, Kevin, do you have, have, you ever, have you ever heard of stadium blackjack? No, I thought it was just one blackjack. No, this is awesome. 
this is what they're doing, I guess, with social distancing. So they have a table up front that is sort of curved. On one side of the table behind a partition is a roulette wheel. And on one side is a, a shoe, a six-deck shoe, where you have somebody dealing blackjack and you have somebody doing roulette. Outside that curve, you then have six individual video stations where you can see the blackjack dealer. You can see the roulette table. And you're sitting at your own monitor where you put in your money, just put in your cash. You can put in your player's card so you're getting the credit. And you get to watch. And they're on the video monitor around probably 20% of the screen. You can see the dealer's hands at all times. So you're looking at him. And you get to watch the dealer deal out the hands on the table. And you get to play play blackjack along with that dealer. So you're just socially distanced from them. But you can see everything that goes on. I loved it. Yeah, you don't see that every day. I, well, it's new, and, and, and it was at a few of the MGM resorts, and it was awesome, and I loved it. I was at MGM Grand. I played some at MGM Grand. I was playing at Bellagio most of the time, but I really enjoyed it because I had my own seat, my own monitor in front of me, and I'm six feet away from somebody else, so I have space. I'm not crowded, and I'm claustrophobic, so I don't like, I like space. So I have my own thing. I got my own drink holder over here. I have my own monitor that I can sit in and I can do, and I can do all my betting if I want to change my bet, if I want to uh, re-bet the same bet. If I, want to, I can do all that right on a screen. And still, I can watch the dealer's hands at all times. I can see the dealer. We make eye contact when, when you win or lose. The dealer will give you a thumbs up or a wave you know, to everybody or a little, little golf clap. But so you're still having the experience, but you get your own spot. Yeah, that's and pretty neat. I'm surprised seat. you said that uh, the dealer gives you the nod or like when they're. Yeah, up, the de- well, no, like, yeah, it was like a, they say don't nod. handle emotion. Yeah, well, it was fun. I enjoyed the I enjoyed it. So check it out. Uh, it was more interactive. And actually, we all had our own space. So it was cool. It really wasn't bad. And I didn't mind wearing a mask at all. I was shocked. Except the knack of and, and, and I can tell you, if you ever if you're thinking about going to Vegas, Never, ever have I seen an easier time to get a free drink. The free drinks are flowing in Vegas. That's all I'm going to tell you. They're so happy to see you. The staffs of the hotel is happy to see you. The cocktail waitresses are happy to see you. The dealers are happy to see you. They're glad to be back to work. These people have been kept from working, kept from a livelihood. They are so happy to be back at work. The service, the customer service at the restaurants at there is spectacular. And the free drinks are flowing. So especially if you're somebody who would tend to hang at one resort where you go to the pool and you go to restaurants there and you gamble there, uh, I'm telling you, it's as safe as it could be going to work. It's a safe because it's incredible. They have hand washing stations right on the right on the floor, like at Bellagio. They have little, they have actual sinks with marble countertops, like where you go to the sink and you can wash your hands. You can really wash your hands, not just use hand sanitizer. There's hand sanitizer everywhere, everywhere. It really was good though. It was a a really really good trip. So Lou Williams goes to a gentleman's club. Now this is such a joke. This is such a joke. The the gentle the the gentleman's club. Here in Atlanta. 
So he goes to a funeral. He's out of the bubble, the NBA bubble. And they say that he goes to a gentleman's club. May I assure you that there's nothing gentlemanly about it. Let me assure you. And I have entered such establishment a few times during uh, bachelor parties. And there's nothing gentlemanly about it. But Lou's going for the wings. That's what he was going to do. He was going for the wings. I, I'll never get over people's selfishness in life. Almost got into it the other day on the plane with the gentleman sitting next to me. So you've got three seats and they've removed the middle seats. Gentleman wearing sandals that probably are circa 1998. Older gentleman. Sits down next to me. He's got the window seat. I've got the aisle. We've got an empty seat in the, between us. He proceeds to set up his stuff on the middle seat. He lowers the tray for the middle seat. He sets up his stuff in the middle seat. He puts his big bag in the middle seat where he's going to like set up his leg camp. And I'm like, now you're going to put that under the seat, right? So I started immediately. You're going to put that under the seat, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, I said, that can't be there. Dude, put it under the put it under the seat, your bag. You don't get to you don't get to set up camp. You didn't get an extra seat here. And he takes his shoes off with no socks, his sandals, which look like something from the eighth grade play Jesus from Nazareth. And he takes off his sandals, bare feet. He be, he he proceeds to cross his legs. And I said, that ain't happening. And I just turned. I'm like, okay, this is not going to be, it's going to be a, there's going to be a three hour, 40 minute flight. That ain't happening. I said, are you seriously? You don't have your shoes on? And he proceeds to shake his head at me and look at me. And then he puts his sandals back on. People's selfishness has no bounds. People think they're in their living room on a plane. Lou Williams thinks the rules don't apply to me. I can do whatever I want. I'm out of the NBA bubble. We're trying to have a teams try to win championships. We have everybody else doing their sacrificing their time from their families, from their obligations, because they want to win. They want to work. They want to have jobs. They want to make money. They want this to succeed. And Lou Williams needs wings from a strip club. By the way, it's a strip club. Stop with the gentleman's club crap. It's a strip club. It's like... Couple doors from the uh, from the bus station. Gentlemen's club. Give me a break. Selfishness. Lou Williams. Seriously, an Atlanta guy too. Selfishness. Yeah, the wings are great. Got to go to the gentlemen's club for wings. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's great. Now we had the uh, WNBA. The WNBA was back, and I got to give credit the. The WNBA was back. If a tree falls in the uh, forest and nobody's there to hear it. Uh, So the WNBA players, they walked off the court during the national anthem yesterday. National anthem begins to play. They walk off the court. That's great. That's great. Ladies, keep doing whatever you can to keep your sport irrelevant. Keep doing whatever you want to do to keep your sport irrelevant. The, and this is from somebody 
who supported Colin Kaepernick's right to do what he wanted to kneel during the anthem. I didn't, and I'll tell you, it wasn't what I thought in my heart of hearts is the right thing to do. But I knew that my father and my uncles, all World War II vets, I knew every one of them would say, he's got every right to do it. Because I can say, I can still hear my dad's voice in my head. And he would have said, he had a, he would have, him and my uncles would have an expression. Everybody has a right to express themselves. Even if you think they're stupid, even if you think they're dumb, even if you think whatever it is, they have a right to express themselves as long as they're not hurting others or infringing on their rights. They've got a right to do it. So I knew what the answer would be from guys who, by the way, a lot ballsier than me, that actually went on foreign soil and protected their country and defended people and saw their brotherhood die on foreign beaches. So I'm like, look, whatever you want to do. But the WNBA, ladies, just a heads up, you could not be more irrelevant. Your sport could not be more irrelevant. You can do whatever you wish. You have the right to do whatever you wish. But if it's, po- if it's possible to make your sport less popular, you're doing it. You're doing it. So just know that. You've got your right to do anything you want. But people have a right not to watch. And by the way, they've been doing that in droves. The Jets make a strange move. But it pays off. John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.